everybody, the Complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychologist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. Today I wanted to talk about um, when it's time to share that you have complex PTSD with other people, um, or if you choose not to, you know, it's whatever is best for you. But I wanted to talk about how to go about um, sharing it with people if you choose to. So I've only told a limited amount of people. Basically, all of you listening to this podcast, you know way more about me than I would say most people in my life. Um, So you're kind of like listening to my diary every time you listen to this podcast. Um, Which, by the way, I wish I could find a podcast where someone else does that so I could listen to it. But... Anyway, um, I only tell a limited amount of people that I have complex PTSD, um, and I'm going to explain situations where that basically worked out, and a few where it didn't, and I'm just going to give some of my own little tips from my own experiences here. Um, I also, um, the one reason I tell a limited amount of people is... I don't want others constantly asking me about it or being worried about it. So just off the top of my head, I would say I've probably told three, probably three colleagues at one job, maybe maybe two at another job. I work two jobs. And um, I've told, I would say, six or seven really close friends. Um, And sometimes... It didn't really work out well when I told them. Um, I've also... Well, I'll tell another story in just a minute. But um, I have told, like I said, some of my colleagues and some know more specific details about the two specific things. So as I've mentioned on this podcast before, my complex PTSD is from long-term trauma, which is what that's what it is. But it was long-term trauma from the time I was a little kid all the way through my teen years. So it was long-term trauma. It was my life, you know. Um, And then there's the event. So I've talked about the event on here before. The event is what happened that woke me up to how bad it really was. So something happened to someone I only refer to on here as a comrade, someone who also grew up around me. And um, when something happened to them as an adult and I saw the responses of people to this terrible thing that happened, that's what woke me up. I thought, oh my gosh, you people are crazy. Um, Because their response was just very inappropriate. Um, Very dangerous, by the way. Um, But that's the event. That's what woke me up. And after the event, um, that's when I was diagnosed with complex PTSD, and then everything finally kind of made sense from there. Because I had always been diagnosed with depression and you know, just all these other things, which I definitely have struggled with depression, but it was, you know, I never knew what the root was. So being, having that diagnosis gave me the root, it gave me the the starting point really of where everything came from. But when it comes to telling people, so if you're deciding to share with people that you have it, maybe you're reaching like a breaking point because it's, you know, you don't want to say it to people. Maybe you're embarrassed or you think, they won't want to be around you or something. Um, so if you're thinking of telling people, um, 
one thing I will say, and I'm not trying to prevent you from telling people, but I will say I have experienced stigma. Um, so, and this is just my opinion here. It's So I applied for a very professional job a few years ago and everything was going smooth sailing. Everything was fine. I was totally qualified. They, I had worked with these people before um, in like a in a different type of setting, but I had, they knew me, um, and it looked like I should have no problem getting it, and on the application, it asked, do you have any disabilities, and I don't remember if PTSD was listed on there, but I want to say it was, and so I marked it, I marked that I, you know, I have PTSD, and I personally think that that led me to not getting that job, but who knows, maybe that's not the reason at all, but it was just very strange that all of a sudden there was just no communication. I just wasn't getting it. Like, just out of blue. Because I was completely... I was dead set going to get that job. Um, but maybe they found someone more qualified. I don't know. Maybe they were busy. Maybe someone came back to the job. Who knows? So when it comes to jobs, I probably will never put that down on an application ever again. Even if it says, do you have PTSD? I'm just going to be like, none of your business, you know, I'm just not going to answer it. Um, I will say some people can be very dismissive and it's usually just insensitive people who are insensitive to everybody. So try not to let that bother you. So if you do share it and if someone is like, oh, don't be a big baby or, you know, they just try and say, oh, everybody's got a mental problem. Everybody's been through stuff. Um, don't let that bother you because um, they're probably just that way with everybody. It gets more complex, though, if you still talk to the people who traumatized you. Um, and that's actually my situation. I still, I communicate with them. I didn't for a few, several years, but I chose to out of a kind of a weird situation. Um, the reason that's really complex um, is if you still talk to the people who traumatize you, it's complex because they wouldn't accept that they abuse you in most situations. So the people who abuse me, I've never told them that I was diagnosed with complex PTSD. Um, you know, they don't know that because think about it. What would their response be? Their response would require them to acknowledge what they had done. And it would require some serious forgiveness on my part. And I feel like I have forgiven them. Um, but do whatever is best for you. You know, I don't want anyone to ever think that you should talk to the person who traumatized you. They could be a really dangerous person. There's nothing wrong with never seeing or speaking to that person ever again or those people. Most people wouldn't be able to handle that is a really important point I want to make. Um, so in my case, I didn't talk to my abusers for a few years. And I want to say the abuse that occurred to me, it was almost like a group effort. And that may sound paranoid, but it's not. And I, I have people who will back that up. My abuse was not just, it was two main people, but it was also a group effort. Um, in my case, like I said, I didn't talk to my abusers for a few years. And then I sort of broke down and was concerned about them during COVID and I called them. And I want to make this really clear here. Um, that was a lot for me to handle. It was so much for me to handle and it stressed me out so much. I woke up the next day partially paralyzed um, with Bell's palsy. And I've had that twice in my life. And both times 
it was situations, it was those types of situations, hugely life-altering situations, um, so it's no joke, it's a really a big deal, you know, um, if you choose to ever engage with the people who traumatize you again, um, and it can be really, really hard when it's, you know, family, um, I'm not saying that's who mine was, I'm just saying it was people I grew up with, um, but yeah, if you've got, you know, when it's relatives, I mean, that's, that's wildly hard. That's why I like on that show Hoarders, you know, a lot of times the kids won't talk to their parents anymore that raised them in the hoarder house. And, you know, it's because it was just so traumatizing for them. Um, and I can see why, you know, it's, that's a terrible way to live. Um, I will say, um, if you do choose to talk to your abuser, especially if you're going to tell them that you have complex PTSD because of them. Um, definitely have some friends and a counselor of some sort to help you, like a licensed professional counselor, because you will need it. Um, I definitely needed it, and I was lucky to have it. Um, I'm obviously doing this podcast, but people close to me don't even know that I do this podcast. Um, I haven't ever told colleagues. Um, I'm not sure if I've ever even told very many close friends. I've told a couple of my clients, but I don't talk about this with most people because there's things I talk about on this podcast that aren't necessary for me to discuss with them. Like, we're not going to build our friendship over me discussing specific things about, um, like, my friends don't need to know all the symptoms of complex PTSD. That would just go in one ear and out the other, I would assume. Um, you know, these are things that are important to me that I share on a podcast about the topic. But like I said, I, a lot of people don't even know that I do this in my personal life. This podcast is geared toward people who relate to this. And honestly, I have only had about two friends in my whole life who have been through like really, I would say, extreme um, types of abuse. And I won't say what they went through, but, you know, it's I've only maybe had two um, most friends and colleagues have never said anything else like that to me. Um, I will say those friends who did go through a lot of trauma, we definitely did talk about it. But after a while, I think they get kind of tired discussing it. I would say be wise with who you tell. Um, it really isn't something to be loose about. I would say if you are triggered or you know you are going to be triggered, then that might be a time to tell a friend. So I'm going to give two examples here of how that happened and how it actually didn't, it actually did not work out well, but I was glad that I told them because I needed to. But having said that, I, I almost lost a friendship over this and then I did lose a friendship. Um, I had to eventually stop going to one of my friend's house um, because there was someone there that I was so uncomfortable around, I couldn't be around this person. Um, I also had this happen with someone I lived with, and I basically, like, fled their house. And I'm not joking. Like, I was living with them temporarily, and I, I fl like, I, I left. Like, I just got all my stuff and left. Because it, it was just, it was too much. Whenever there was an instance that happened that absolutely freaked me out, and I realized, um... Things weren't what they seemed. And that also made me really question my judgment, which is a terrible thing. Um, I'll make an important point here that even if you have times when you cut certain people out like that, 
it's important to not isolate and that's what I did I isolated isolating is just bad all the way around um you know having alone time is fun but isolating is different um and like I said isolating that's what happened in my case and it took a few years to find groups or environments that have boundaries and that's the solution to isolating from my experience is to find groups of people where there's boundaries so I have my Tuesday night support group I have my Thursday online support group I also have another group on Sundays that I could go to I just I don't always make it but having little groups like that I also have other online groups that I chat with daily and that's some of those are those groups that are a little bit too catty and toxic and I need to kind of step away but others are just they're fine um but it's it's uh what do you call it the world of you know tell reality television but back to my point I will also say that exercise really helps me on a weekly basis but I just wanted to share a few of my own triggers that maybe maybe you can relate to these um I noticed an interesting trend when I was writing them out and I think it's so good to write stuff like this out because I I noticed uh, a trend with it and these are absolutely so that whenever both of those friendships ended um two of them were this first trigger so one of my biggest triggers is men who are unpredictable loud and angry um I had a, a relative and he was always perfectly nice to me. He never did anything mean to me or anything. Um, but he was always so loud and angry. He was just like an angry person. And I eventually, I just, I was like, I don't think I can be around him. He's too, he's so intense. Like it was just the, that unpredictableness. Um, and the reason for that, the reason why that's a trigger for me is because one of my abusers growing up, was like that but they were also drinking a lot at the time um which just exasperated it it wasn't you know it just made them more more outlandish I guess but maybe most people feel that way about unpredictable loud angry men I don't know men and women this is another one of my triggers men and women who are condescending um the reason for this is because it reminds me way too much of the denial that comes with abuse so kind of like undermining when someone's undermining somebody. Um, by the way, in that um, Jeffrey Dahmer thing I mentioned yesterday on Netflix, the dad did that a lot to his wife, the undermining, and the grandma did it to Jeffrey. thought it was an interesting point there. Um, but men and women who are condescending, the reason for that, um, it's just like whenever you are growing up in denial, usually there's someone who's the enabler of the abuser. I'm sorry, if you're growing up in abuse, usually there's someone who's the enabler of the abuser. And a lot of times denial comes with that and condescending, almost like putting their finger down on you if you try and point out something's wrong because they don't want to admit anything's wrong or they're going to crack, right? And so the person who's enabling it all is probably traumatized themselves by the abuser and that's where that's coming from and it takes a long time to really see that if you are also I call that almost like a triple victim because there's or a double victim there's the abuser and then there's the first victim which is maybe their spouse or whoever else is enabling it and then they both start abusing you 
but really that person's also a victim, so it's like a double victim. Um, but yeah, men and women who are condescending and undermining is the same thing. So certain people I grew up with, um, again, I don't want to say family or say names or anything like that, or was it a friend? Was it a teacher? I'm just going to say certain people I grew up with, I am extremely uncomfortable around them. Extremely to the point where, like, my body, my I'm so um, I'm so stressed out I can't focus and I can't relax. It's almost like if you're in a dancing competition and you're a really bad dancer and you're you're focusing so much on what's next step and you're not really realizing your body is stressed out as you're dancing. You know, it's that's how I feel around them. It's like there's no relaxation. Um, but anyway, I'm extremely uncomfortable around them. And they, um, I would say they were just not living in reality. So whenever I say it was a group effort, the abuse I grew up in, the other people, the other actors in this drama, they weren't living in reality, in my opinion, and they still aren't. Um, and they were also instigators, which I think is such a waste of time. Um, so I'll give an example, like saying, like they would say something rude, and then wonder why you would be upset by it. And they did that constantly. They still do it. They still do it. It's, it's awful. And basically, you have to have an outsider see it and point it out. And then be like, oh my god, someone else sees this. And they're like, well, of course I see it, you know. Um, but yeah, it's such a strange trait when people do that. <clears throat> and that goes back to that incompetence trigger, which I've talked about on here before. So if you have... If you're so stressed out that you can't focus and it impacts your your studies, your school life, your friendships, people kind of treat you almost like you're incompetent, which in my opinion, you're not. It's that you are being abused and it's stressing you out and you can't focus. So if someone is treating you rude and it's like just out of the blue for no reason, almost like a pecking order type thing, that's going to trigger that incompetence because you're going to be like, why are they being like this? You know, it, it's going to trigger it. So they're a huge trigger for me because it's almost like I don't want to be around someone who's going to play mind games. Like, get real. Um, but if you have that trigger and someone is being rude to you and no one's backing you up or defending you, that's a really bad recipe. And it's rude. It's rude AF. But I just wanted to point out some of the ways that I went about sharing it and they weren't all bad so I feel like I've shared some really bad examples because those were my experiences whenever I shared it with certain people it was usually because I was really being triggered and I had to tell them you know um, this is what's happening Um, I can't be around this person and in one situation they thought I was trying to um, control control them And I was like, no, I'm just telling you what I don't want to be around. Like, I'm not trying to tell you who you can have at your house. I'm just telling you, like, if they're going to be there, I just, I can't go over there. So that, that caused a big, a big drama. The other one, like I said, I fled and I never talked to them again. Um, So, I mean, this stuff is real. These triggers are real. Um, Some good examples, so some positive examples. Um, Whenever I shared my complex PTSD with my colleagues, that was always just fine. No one ever, they were very understanding. No one ever had like an issue with it or, you know, 
flipped out or thought I was trying to control anything. Um, they just, they understood it and they could tell that something big had happened, especially when the event happened. My colleagues could tell something big happened and I was like, yeah, it was really horrible. Um, so it was nice to have those colleagues to tell that to because they did understand and they were, one of them actually cried when I told him what had happened. Um, and I wasn't expecting him to do that. But um, I, I, I was just like sharing it with him and he like started tearing up and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but they were very um, empathetic. They had empathy. They were like, and to them, I think it kind of made sense in the way that I behave. So like I, just the way that I interact with people, I think it made sense to them. Because I know I have a few little maybe um, abnormal ways of engaging with people sometimes. And I think it stems from that, from the complex PTSD, the trauma. And I think it made sense to them when I when I told them what had happened. Um, it makes sense of a lot of things, to be quite honest. But I, I did want to point out that there were people who, um, you know, will listen and will totally understand. Um, and it really just depends on who you surround yourself with and um you know like I said I I wouldn't go around just telling everybody you know you, you don't want to get a bumper sticker that says get off my tail I have complex PTSD because some people will just poke fun at it um but that's most of what I wanted to share and I know I did give some examples of bad things but you know like I said those are real things and looking back the people I was telling to, it was, you know, maybe they felt like I was saying something about their judgment, and that's not what I was trying to do. I was just saying, you know, I can't be around this guy because he's just, he's too extreme, and I just, I just, I just couldn't be around him. Um, but yeah, the other, one other trigger that I forgot to mention is chaotic environments, um, and I'm trying to think of a specific good example for that. I would almost say like, I don't, I'm trying to think it would have to be where there's like a lot of people and a lot of tension, um, but chaotic environments. I can't even think of a good example right now, but I basically like calm environments, um, calm and quiet. That's what I like. Um, but anyway, that's most of what I wanted to share and I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but this is the Complex PTSD guy signing off.